Hi, this is Mire and Erica from What's the Dealio. In today's episode, we will be sharing pieces from Nathan and Ryan on distraction and being a third culture kid. After that is What's the Dealio, where Nico and Caden will be talking through some questions that you guys have sent in. Please enjoy. How often are we dragged away from what we want to do, what we know we need to do? Don't we all wish we could just simply finish a task before our mind wanders away to something else? We call this being distracted. We can look at the etymology of the word distract. Dis means a part and tract means to drag or draw. So if you've ever felt that your mind is being dragged in different directions, congratulations, that's being distracted. I've always liked examining the etymology of words. It's kind of fun. It reminds me of my fifth grade spelling class where a few classmates and I would spell hard words with a separate teacher. I remember learning the word hyperbole and saying it hyperbole. I remember learning the Greek roots for the word metropolis. But let's not get distracted. People are more distracted than ever. Our attention has become the greatest commodity we have to offer. We are bombarded with bright images, big words, and loud sounds. Billions of dollars are poured into research into how advertisers can best drag us away from our focus to show us their product or service. We can't turn a corner without people yelling, lights glaring, and our minds being assaulted. We are attacked at every opportunity. No wonder we can hardly get any work done. But is this distraction all that bad? Contrary to what you might think, distraction can help us in three important ways. It can help improve creativity, reduce the pains of everyday life, and is also simply a natural part of being human. So how exactly can distraction improve creativity? According to Northwestern University, creativity is often linked with an inability to filter irrelevant sensory information. In other words, distraction. According to Harvard Business Review, activities like doodling, which may be considered a distraction by many, can actually improve memory by 29%. Additionally, we can use techniques that encourage productive distraction, like giving oneself specific amounts of time to chase down and consider each thought and notification entirely. Allowing distraction stretches our minds out of what is commonly called hyperfocus, being so enthralled in a task that we ignore all other sensory inputs. This hyperfocus often limits opportunities for outside thoughts and isn't the most creative or productive way to go about working. The most creative and innovative people tend to embrace distraction, less as a rude interrupting of their day, and more as an opportunity for new ideas to stop by. Secondly, distractions can help us cope with painful negative thoughts and experiences. Research has proven that playing simple games can reduce cravings for junk foods or even drugs. 
distracting oneself from the pain of exercise through music or television allows us to perform better. Here's a really remarkable example. Burn victims endure extreme pain when their wounds are cleaned. Naturally, researchers looked for ways of mitigating this intense pain. When researchers gave these patients a virtual reality game to play while burns were cleaned, the patients felt 50% less pain. This game helped patients significantly more than the serious painkillers they were otherwise given. And lastly, distraction is a part of life. Humans are not supposed to have laser-focused attention. The human body has a circadian rhythm. Times when we are more naturally inclined to work or rest, be focused or distracted. Intense focus is often romanticized and glorified in our modern society, but it isn't realistic or sustainable. The vast majority of people work best in approximately 30-minute intervals with larger breaks every 90 minutes to two hours. It is natural to take breaks, and it is natural to take time away from a task. When we feel distracted, we should seek to acknowledge that we are distracted and make the most of it. Humans spend much of their time distracted, and that's all right. Being distracted can make us more creative and innovative. It can help decrease pain and discomfort, and is just a natural part of being human. Thank you. Third culture kid. A child who spends a significant period of their developmental years in a culture outside of their parents' culture. I've been told that becoming a third culture kid would do wonders for me. That this amazing opportunity to grow up in a foreign country would give me a leg up over my peers who didn't have this international experience. To my friends back in the U.S. who have lived in the same place for their entire lives, I can see why my life would appear advantageous. I can talk to robots, cross the most crowded street intersection in the world, and say konnichiwa all on a daily basis. But what my friends don't realize is that all those things might just not live up to the hype. Maybe talking to that robot represents how I get lonely sometimes. Maybe that crowded street intersection just serves as a reminder of how everyone else looks alike except me. And maybe saying konnichiwa reminds me that everyone around me speaks a language that I don't understand. When I first arrived in Japan, one of the things I noticed was that I started to feel differently about the U.S., my home, developing a different perspective about it from someone who has only ever lived there. I see American news portrayed through Japanese eyes, and it helps shape my opinion in a different way. Another thing I noticed was that a consequence of meeting different types of people with complex backgrounds was that I began to be judged as a person by people who had different values from me. If everyone is judging you from different angles, there is no way to please everyone because you will never embody everyone's idea of ideal. If you are like my friends back in the US, it's easier to fit in since you are with people with the same heritage and values as you. Growing up in a different country can lead to a loss in cultural identity. Most people who have lived in the U.S. their entire lives may think that when you move to another country, you retain your American identity and simply add on to it with your new country's culture. I have, however, experienced that after living in Japan for a couple of years, 
I am no longer the American I thought I was. My diminished American identity was only partly raised by my added Japanese one. I don't truly belong anywhere, and this makes me feel like an outsider. When I became a third culture kid, I lost sense of what was home. Is it the place where I was born? Is it the place where I grew into the person I am today? I started discovering that the U.S. I used to think was perfect. My place of comfort and stability, my rock, was not as revered across the globe. The bombs proudly built by Americans to fight their enemies were the same bombs that landed in my grandparents' backyards in Taiwan during World War II that forced them to sprint out of their houses with just the clothes on their backs. I see American actions from a non-American point of view. Without living outside the U.S., I never would have gotten to see the bigger picture. Being a third culture kid makes it difficult to focus on a plan for the future. When I graduate in less than two years, my school career can be summarized as constantly changing, whether it be between schools, countries, or friends. Every time I change schools, I start over on my extracurricular and academic situations, which affects my overall success. Several times I've applied for a position that I am qualified for and have been turned down simply because I wasn't at that school the year before. It's much harder to progress as far as you are capable of because you get cut short every time you try. Being a third culture kid negatively affects the social side of life as well. Making new friends is an exhausting activity, and having to do it many times within a short period of time can have a significant impact on someone's self-esteem and mental well-being. The consequence of this is that although a third culture kid may have friends from all different places, their relationships are shallow as a result of not being given enough time to deepen. This could ultimately force one to converse with robots, per the prior example. With that being said, I am fortunate to be in the position I am today, and I'm proud of the person I've become because of it. There are definitely advantages to being a third culture kid, and I'm extremely grateful for them. Gaining new perspectives, being able to see a wider range of viable paths in life, and the opportunity to connect with people around the world, just to name a few. Becoming a third culture kid has become a a positive experience in my life, but it hasn't been without its drawbacks. I am, however, confident that having early obstacles in life leads to becoming a stronger adult. Therefore, on being a third culture kid, a child who spends a significant period of their developmental years in a foreign culture, who takes advantage of the seemingly challenging situation to become a stronger and better prepared adult because of it. Thank you. Next up, we have the What's the Telio team with their thoughts and comments. Hey everyone, this is the occurring segment, What's the Telio? My name is Kaden. My name is Melissa. My name is Miu. And my name is Nico. And we're just going to answer some of your uh, anonymous questions you guys gave us. So question number one, what should I do if I want my style to improve? What do you think, Melissa? I don't think there's like a specific standard for styles, but I think personally I always just wear whatever I find comfortable or whatever I think I like. So a lot of times like I find inspiration on Instagram or Pinterest. I think you just shouldn't really, I know it's hard in high school, but to try not to care about what other people think so much. Right. I kind of like, for me, I took the time over quarantine to try like different styles, different clothing and see what like what I liked. And it's always a good way just to 
try, you know, and see if you like it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But mm-hmm. if it's something that, you know, works for you, great. I agree. Question number two, what is the college process like? How's it been going for you guys? Well, I know um, three out of four people have been going through <laughs> the college <laughs> process. I don't know for you, Nigo, how's it been going, if you've been doing any research I know I didn't like the start of junior year. Sometimes I wish I did, but personally, I think it's been going well. I've applied to two schools so far early and plan to do regular uh, several more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think definitely the college process, I'm sure it's hard on everyone. And I think it's really hard not to compare yourself to others during this process. But I think it's always good to know that, you know, you're not the only one going through this. And I think it's reassuring to know that everyone else is going through the process, too. So, you know, wherever you end up, it'll be fine. I think it's pretty stressful and time management is key. But I think also at the same time, it's really exciting to think about where you'll be going after high school. Yeah. Yeah. If I was to give advice on the college process for juniors or even seniors, I know this is something everyone says, but for juniors, that summer going into senior year um, is pretty important, I'd say. Whether you're studying for your final SATs or you're um, working on your essays and doing college research, that time, that allotted time that you have so much kind of nothing to do, you should be using that time to work on college stuff rather than just lazing around like I did. Yeah, I also feel like during the college process, Personally, for me, I've learned more about myself and different aspects of myself that I haven't really considered before. So it's also kind of a great way to learn more about yourself and kind of the schools that you want to belong to. Final question for today. Is ghosting ever justifiable? (laughs) I imagine that to be on social media or messaging. Ghosting someone. What do you think? I think it really depends on the situation. Um, I think, yeah... It could definitely hurt some feelings. I don't know. I think, like, for the most part, you shouldn't do it. But if it's someone you're not close with, it's not... You don't really owe them anything technically. But just, like, I'm not sure. I think it depends if you're, like, talking or if you're, like, hanging out. (laughs) Right. No, no, I I agree. (laughs) It, It really depends on the situation and, like, I guess, like, the closeness that you are with the person. And it could be, like, a really weird conversation. And, like, yeah. you kind of just want to get out of it. The easiest way is just to remove yourself. Yeah, I think the connotation that comes with ghosting, though, is the idea that you've already been talking to them, mm. and then you suddenly ghost them. So maybe it isn't as situational as um, it is, like, if some person was talking to someone for a day and the person just stops <laughs> talking to them. I don't. I wouldn't call that ghosting. I would just say that's... I don't know. Just leaving them on rush. Yeah, I also think there's, yeah. like, different ways people interpret ghosting, right? Um, yeah. I also think, like, it depends on what the last thing they sent to you was. Because if it's actually, like, even if you are talking, if it's something that you genuinely cannot think of a response to, like, it's something unrepliable, like, they respond with, like, one word. It's like, what are you supposed to say, you know? But I think when it's really rude is, like, if it's something, like, they ask you a question and then you just leave it on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I personally would not do that. Yeah, I think if you really want to get out of the situation, I think there are other ways you could do it rather than, like, just ending it right there if they're really trying to engage in the conversation. But, yeah, it is a pretty hard question. 
Okay, that's all the questions for today. Thank you guys for listening to our recurring segment called What's the Telio? See you guys next episode. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. My name is Erica, and that was the Delio. Bye.